as boys lines. As bold as lions. As bold as lions. As bold as lions. You're listening to the As Bold as Lions podcast. Hello, my name is Derek Charles Johnson, and I want to welcome you to the As Bold as Lions podcast. Uh, whenever it is you're listening to this, whether the start of the week or the middle or the end, I hope you are well. You know, the days just keep flying by, and we are fast approaching the months of summer here in the States. And I say that because I know we have some listeners who are overseas, and you might be in another season in your part of the world. But I do want to thank you once again for tuning in and taking the time to listen. We are nearing the close of a series of podcasts called Encounters. This week and next week are the final two episodes before we move on to something else. But I've sure enjoyed digging into this content, and I hope you have as well. As you know, we are talking about the fact that people who met Jesus were never the same after that encounter. Nowhere in the Gospels do I more readily see a transformation than the story we're going to talk about today. This is the story of the woman at the well, and this is from John 4. And I've held back this encounter. I know these are not necessarily in chronological order, but this one is very transform transformational, not only for this woman, the Samaritan woman, but also for the city she lives in and the disciples who bear witness to it. Just as a side note, if you've watched this series, The Chosen, there's a wonderful production of this scene. It's in season one. I believe it's the final episode of season one, um, probably episode eight. And Dallas Jenkins, um, the executive producer and his crew have wonderfully shown um, a depiction of who this this woman is and, and how she meets Jesus and how pivotal a moment this was. And uh, just a spoiler alert, season two kind of starts out with the disciples. They're, they're still in this town. They're ministering with Jesus as he teaches and performs miracles. And um, I just want to say it's good stuff. I, I highly recommend checking out The Chosen if you haven't. It's it's on YouTube. I believe they have their own app as well where you can um, you can watch individual episodes. They've live streamed them to Facebook. Um, you just have to search the chosen and you'll, you'll get a ton of stuff. Um, but go check it out, watch some of that and, and just see for yourself, just some of the, um, I guess you could say Hollywood, but I won't, I don't even want to say that it's just some of the, 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 opportunities that we've had to use creative talents and arts to show what maybe life was like back then and, and using scripture to, to really kind of flesh out uh, visually some of, some of these things that, that we've been talking about um, and just the pages of scripture. It's, it's great stuff. Uh, without further ado, I'd like to read from John 4 as this encounter takes place. And again, this is a longer passage um, but I feel it's worth reading in its entirety, 
kind of just sets up the rest of our discussion. So this is John 4, it's verses 1 through 42. I'd encourage you to just listen along. Um, and if it's helpful, try to imagine this scene playing out in your mind. It just kind of imagine what this was like. Um, and uh, here we go. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is a place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled he was talking with a woman, but no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me all I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, 
I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor." Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. So what do we know about this woman? Well, first of all, she is a Samaritan, and this is a group of people that the Jews considered sort of half-breeds. These were people that, if you go back to the Old Testament, these were people not deported by the Assyrians when they conquered Israel. Um, they, they still believed the law, they had their own place of worship, but it was separate from Jerusalem. They came to be hated by the Jews, um, and, and when somebody had to go through Samaria, um, they'd often go out of their way. A, a, Jew, a Jewish person would often go out of their way to go around the area um, just to avoid these these people. It would be several miles out of their way. Uh, secondly, this woman, she's a woman. Seems obvious, but it's worth noting. And uh, we just, we realize that from this encounter and just from other things in the gospel that Jesus places special emphasis on women in his ministry. They were not considered somehow second-class citizens. Third, she had several failed marriages, five to be exact, and she was living with a man who was not her husband. Jesus's understanding and conveying of this to her is the moment she realizes there's something different about him. She knows he is a prophet. Next, she she comes to the well in the middle of the day. Um, this is probably to avoid other women and, and just other people that maybe would judge her life, her lifestyle. Um, it would, would have been hot, would have been a, just a time where, um, not normally you probably would want to go to draw water because that would be, uh, a pretty exhausting thing to do. Um, finally, she understands scripture and she knows that Messiah is coming. So obviously there's much we can unpack this time. But this encounter is really one in which I think we do well to to step back and consider the application of what this meant for Jesus to approach this woman. With his desire to go after the unlovable, uh, the throwaway member of society, and the neglected, we also see our own call to do the same. So here are some takeaways. First of all, Jesus, in going to Samaria, shows that the gospel is for everyone. We know the disciples come back. They're, they're marveled that he's talking to a woman. They're kind of surprised by it, I think. And Jesus, by going to Samaria and by engaging in conversation with this woman, shows that there are no places that the gospel should not go. So when we think of outcasts and we consider the truly um, marginalized folks of society, how do we reach them with Jesus's message? How do we reach those in our lives who we might view as unlovable or unapproachable? We should pray for God to open doors and give us on-ramps into hearts and lives so that we can share the truth with them. Secondly, there is power in testimony. Jesus ministers to this woman, and she is compelled to tell, go back and tell the whole village about him. 
Many others come to know Jesus because of our testimonies. He told me all that I ever did. And when someone is transformed, people, they want to understand why. Why is this person different? I think that was just kind of intriguing uh, to them about how this, this person, this woman had changed. And at first they went to Jesus simply because of what she said. But then they had their own experience with Jesus for themselves, and they themselves believed. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard it now for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. So this this lady's testimony, it's it's compelling. It's drawing them to, to seek this out on their own, and they themselves believe. Finally, Jesus gives us living water. This kind of sets up the whole the whole story, he's, he parks out at this well, and it's, it's not on accident. This, this final point recognizes that the thirst that we have before we met Christ and the thirst that others have, um, that, that they need to know him, that's a real thirst. And Jesus started with a physical thirst. He started the conversation there. He says, give me a drink. And Jesus, he wasn't there to play games. He wasn't, he didn't ask her this to be coy. He, he uses a drink from the well to set up the notion that there is a living water that satisfies beyond just the everyday thirst of the moment. And this woman was searching, you know, five husbands. She's now living with a man who's not her husband. She was somehow hoping that relationships, somebody would come along and fill the void, the need that she has. Either that or each relationship just kind of turned her out because none of these men wanted her. We don't know. But she kept going on to the next one and the next one and the next one. And it's kind of like that temporary um, uh, thirst that's quenched by getting some water, but but needing it again later and, and needing it again and always coming back being thirsty. So how refreshing is it to find living water? To find that which satisfies eternally is is so uh, it's just kind of the the meat of this whole encounter. Jesus introduces this concept to the woman. He leads her down a path where she recognizes who he is and and what he is asking of her. And we we see this with each of the disciples in their calling. They they maybe don't understand all that they're entering into, but they leave everything to tell others about Jesus. And this woman saying, this water is good. It is amazing. You're never going to thirst again. You need to come and see this man. Guys, there, there's so much more that we could take away from this account. And it's really an encounter that I think we should keep coming back to because it, it drives our mission and, it, and our goal to evangelize, to tell other people about Jesus. This This woman is actually a great example for us. And it's also a great example of just who we should be trying to reach in, in going forward with um, just to preach the gospel. We, we are the woman at the well to some extent. We, we all come to Jesus in our broken state. We're full of sin and shame. And Jesus doesn't come to offend us or condemn us. He gently exposes our heart and at the same time our need for him. That's how we approach this woman. And I hope that as you journey in faith, um, a relationship with him, that you feel his approach in the same way, that he's, he's always gently guiding. He's gently compelling you to draw closer, to go deeper, and then to step out in faith to tell others. Guys, I cannot 
wait to finish up the series next time as we look at a final encounter. This last one will be a bit out of the box for where we've been throughout these um, eight episodes, but I believe it's a true heart change and it's a true motivation to see things clearly after being in the presence of our Lord. Can't wait to dive in again with you. I leave you with Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Amen. Guys, God bless. Hey guys, this is Derek Charles Johnson. You have been listening to the As Bold as Lions podcast. I am a blogger, a songwriter, an artist. And if you've been encouraged by this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe and share and head over to DerekCharlesJohnson.com for more encouraging content. God bless.